Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to possibly impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Hello, hello. Okay, so today we're taking on a new narrative. And the reason I'm doing this is I'm called to. And I just trust, I've been procrastinating and I apologize for that, but here's the thing. I've been on a journey myself my whole life, but recently I've just started to realize that all the things that I thought I stood for, believed in, weren't real. Like they weren't real. And I want you to hear this with an open lens. Like I want you to pause before you start to realize that this might get uncomfortable and you want to jump off and use cancel culture and just be not ready to hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hang in here. Come on, we've got this. But I want you to just ask yourself a couple questions as I go through a narrative. And I'm doing this because you're going to grow from it. And it, this is for you. This is not, this is not a story about me. I'm not talking about me, but what I want you to understand is when I started learning about healing and, and learning about my intuition and then learning about your intuition and how I could help people, I started to realize that my whole upbringing really wasn't true. But, and when I say that, I mean, I grew up with Catholic and Christian belief systems. I do believe there's a God. I do believe in Jesus, but there was so many conflictions between the two that I started to really ask questions that were uncomfortable for other people. And so then I dug more. And when I dug more, I realized that I didn't resonate with everything that I was being told, not just in like one religion or in culture or anything. But when you start to really ask questions, some people get defensive. And when they get defensive, remember, that's our ego, right? And our ego, if we look at it spiritually, it means edging God out because it's not in your Christ consciousness or in your soul self that you're sitting in ego. When we're in ego, we're getting defensive because we're reacting to something that's uncomfortable because it's calling us out on some level of truth, okay? Now, if somebody were to come up to me and they were like, Melissa, you are, and then they start to call me all these names, I don't care. I don't care. Why? Because I know who I am and I don't need your validation. 
And I want you to get into a place where you can put yourself out without having to worry about that. But before I did this podcast, I actually really wanted to make sure that I knew how to say these things because some of it's uncomfortable, but I want you to hear it for yourself. So for example, in school, we've all had social studies. And in social studies, I had some teachers that were very passionate and I had some that were very monotonous and had that um, monotone voice and would kind of do like the Ferris Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. But I remember one teacher, one teacher stood out the most. Mr. Level, if you ever hear this, God bless you. I actually stayed an additional full semester because I could have graduated early just for your classes because they were inspiring. And I, I could tell that what you were doing was to wake us up. And I'm grateful every day for that. So thank you. Now, what ended up happening is in his classes, he'd engage, but he wouldn't engage in just like what the book told us or what the curriculum forced us, but he would engage in conversation and treat you like the adult that we were in some levels. We wanted to be adults. And then when we were denied our rights of being an adult, because we were young, then we were mad about it and we'd revolt and that's where we'd be like all pissy about it. So here's the thing, because he gave us respect, he got a lot of respect back. And I really, really did love that he created that space for us, right? Some teachers that would blow air horns and say, you know, like you gotta be a paying member of society with your taxes in order to be, you know, counting in regarding the voting system and stuff like that. And I remember just sitting there being like, how do you know what I do? I was working three jobs in high school. So I just, I, I remember the difference between the respect and the peaceful conversation. And like, then I remember one where we were being talked down to instead of talked with. And so what I want you to do is in school, how many times did you have a teacher who was so passionate that they kind of went against the curriculum that you got to see the break in the curriculum? And where I'm going with this is, Example A, in social studies, we learn about the Europeans coming over. We learn about World War I. We learn about World War II. We learn about the peace that we've had, and then we start to learn about politicians. But they're missing some gaps here, guys. And when I say that, I mean, my husband is First Nations, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, because my husband and I have traveled the world, and honestly, that culture is very underrated. People don't always know what that means. First Nations is the indigenous colonies up in areas throughout the world, but here, First Nations is Indian, it is um, Aboriginal, and there's so many different tribes throughout. Like if you go to Australia, they have names for theirs. Here they have names for ours. And then there's different tribes within that. So my husband is actually Cree and Teltan. And we've been together since grade nine. We had worn promise rings all through high school. And I was like, if I marry this guy, and I felt like I was, I was like, I should probably know about his culture. Like I know about mine, mine's very public. You learn about it in the school books, but I wanna learn about his. And I realized there was not a lot of conversation about the indigenous topics within these school books. So then I asked a question to one teacher who was not interested in these conversations. You could tell that they were just trying to get a paycheck. And they were just like, Melissa, if you wanna learn more about that, you should take the First Nations class. I was like, done. So I signed up, Mr. Lovell was teaching it. And he sat there and he's like, how many people know about residential schools? And I remember just kind of being like, I don't, I don't know, is that like a special school? I don't know what that is. And my ignorance, was so wild because residential schools was actually created, if you look at it, through the Canadian government and the Australian government did this too, guys, but they created residential schools where they did kind of like a manifest destiny, where they believed it was their God-given right to take over the land and they created treaties. But what they ended up doing with these First Nations is they took children 
from these First Nations families. And they pretty much kidnapped them and brought them to residential schools where then they assimilated them into our European culture, where if a First Nations child tried to speak their native tongue, they were burned, they were tortured, there was a lot. But here's where it gets even worse. The Catholic religion was a part of that. See, and that made me really uncomfortable because it brought up some things that I'd already been feeling within the Catholic religion. Being intuitive, we're all intuitive, by the way, guys. Being intuitive, I could feel reading the Bible that there's some truths and some narratives that just hold a story that enticed me to, to get the moral out of it. But then there was some where I was like, you know, I don't feel like that would be my God. Like, I don't feel like that's the energy that I'm being shown. Like, that's not what I feel in my heart. And so I ended up asking more questions. And this teacher had the patience of a saint, I tell you what, because my questions were very sporadic and random. But I was like, what do you mean the Catholic religion did this? Like, what do you, what do you mean? And they're like, well, and then he broke it down. He said, the children were taken from their homes and some of these children were never seen again. So now we're finding mass graves in these areas. And there's a bunch of First Nations and Indigenous cultures that were ending up given, you know, all this trauma. And then to turn and cope from the trauma, they went to addictions, which unfortunately stemmed and spiraled into this whole stereotype that people try and put on them. But the thing is, is, that's not their choice. That was something that like, can you imagine your child being taken away? So then I started to realize, Oh my God, like this, this is so much deeper and it goes generationally. Like we look at ancestral, cultural, religious, political, like government, like we're looking at everything in one narrative. Why wasn't that in the main social studies class? And he's like, they don't like talking about it. And I was like, but why? And he's like, why do you think? And that sat with me because I remember this conversation because I was just like, mind blown. What is the mainstream media's narrative? What is the government's narrative? It's control. There's a form of control. Like you have to look at it and actually see that. So what are they wanting control of? Well, we, the people, what do they want us to know? Only what they want us to know, guys. They're not going to tell us the things that they don't want us to hear. They're not going to call themselves out. They're not going to try and get in trouble. So here's the thing. Ask these questions yourself. Ask your questions on whether or not our whole life is a lie in what we're taught to believe. Now that was just the schooling system. And I brought in a little bit of the mainstream media and stuff here, but here's the thing we learn about, for example, when we look at actually looking at the culture of Thanksgiving, do you guys remember what Thanksgiving is actually about? Pilgrims, First Nations coming together. Um, yeah, the Europeans did a bunch of trades with smallpox blankets that wiped out thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of the indigenous, like, wait, we're, we're just gonna have some turkey, pass the pumpkin pie, let's just pretend that didn't happen. So then I started to dive in deeper. And here's where I got mad. When I was in high school, I had some symptoms with my physical body. And what I wanted to understand is what was the trigger, but they kept trying to give me pills for the symptom. And I, I got so frustrated because I was like, so how long would I take these for? Like, what, when, would, when would I be done? And they're like, well, you might need it forever. And I was just like, wait, that's, that's it? Like, no, no big testing, no figuring it out. And here's the thing. The symptoms ended up being similar to panic and anxiety attacks. Those panic and anxiety attacks actually correlate to me being a medium and opening up my mediumship, which I feel like a lot of things happened to me in high school. Like, I had a lot of trauma. I had friends die of suicide. I gave a eulogy to some close intimate friends. And, like, it was just, like, nonstop things like when people were like oh you know high school is about I really struggled through it and like I was bullied and I'm definitely a weirdo I hung out in the library I I don't know like it, it wasn't my thing so here's the thing when a doctor's like you might need this for life I was like okay well 
we're going to agree to disagree here. I'll take the prescription, but I'm going to go find somebody else. So then I ended up digging. And when I dug, I ended up finding, um, they gave me a prescription. So the guy gave me a prescription and his narrative was also that you have restricted airway disease. And then I looked it up and it was actually something that would turn into eventually lung cancer, but I've never, I've never been a smoker. I've never smoked nothing. So here's the thing. I sat there and I was like, that's not right. Like that. I don't agree with this. Like I just, I honestly was just like, hard pass on that one thanks and i started looking for second opinions and when i did i found that they would just kind of go off of what was in my chart like they wouldn't push it further but i found a great doctor guys i pushed for a new narrative i found one that was into holistics and honestly i started doing swimming and i started doing yoga and i started meditating and all of those symptoms went away and that restricted airway disease it's not a thing. I don't have any of that in my charts, all of it. And I've used these natural healing abilities for multiple different things that I've been told I had over the years, but I don't own any illness. And here's the thing. When we own it, we're taking responsibility for it and we're taking it on as ours. I want you to understand there's a narrative in that. Like there's learning about deep cellular healing, what we do. And like when you read Louise Hay's books from Hay House Publishing, she actually was, like she was diagnosed with terminal cancer and she actually lived like so many more, like decades after that diagnosis because she decided to do the work. Now, understanding health and what that looks like, even when we go into like our foods class in school, I didn't learn about the glycemic index. I didn't learn about blood types and diets. I didn't learn about um, all the GMOs and genetically modified things that were put out there and the difference between like um, aspartame in the false sugars to like the cancer, the carcinogens. And no one taught us that, but we made cinnamon rolls. We made buns. Oh, I, I remember making cookies. I'm like, why are we only eating carved up sugary things that add to the glycemic index, which further push narrative of heart disease and diabetes. But why are we not learning fully? Like, yeah, I remember the triangle chart, but even the triangle chart is a little bit off because it keeps changing and you got to be able to see that it keeps changing. And so then I started to realize even the financials that were taught in school and that were taught growing up and that the news talks about ask more questions, because here's the thing. How many people really remember a conversation being taught about debt ratios? So for example, I was not taught that in school. I've talked to other people and one other person said that they learned all about debt ratios. Another person said that they had a teacher that had a conversation about it, but it was not to believe like it was not to believe to have been part of the curriculum. So fine. But here's the thing, debt ratios, when I learned it, it was when we were applying for a mortgage and she brought it up, our advisor. And I just remember looking at her being like, well, what is that? And she said, well, for example, because you don't have a car payment or a student loan or anything on your credit, you actually don't have a lot of debt owed to you. And because you own your vehicle outright, that could be you know, used as an asset to further help your debt ratio. So I was like, okay, well, what does that all mean? And they said, the more debt you have against you, the lower your credit score is in the debt ratio, which then also will go into what amount of interest you will be charged. You hear this? If you have a rough debt ratio, guys, you're going to be charged more or you're not even going to be approved. So I wasn't taught that. I just luckily had, you know, my parents kind of saying like, you don't want to take on too much debt. You want to do this? Like, and they, I don't even think they fully understood everything either, but they were so great at just being like, be an adult, look it up, find it. And I did. 
So then I started to really understand financials a little bit better. And I remember we had played a game of life in school with like a board game. And it was like, you pull it, you pull a character. It's basically like you, you pull a matrix character and you're that person, that's your wage. And you got to try and make it through the game on that and budget for it. And I remember I ended up getting the doctor one, which was like the best salary. So I ended up buying all the things, living the best life. And my teacher's like, that's not how your life will be. And I'm like, first of all, don't put that limiting belief on me. Thank you. And secondly, I honestly believe that this is a theory in a sense, because there's so many things that we could do to make our life better. And the game of life is a game. I want to see real budgets, real things like long-term, what does it look like? When we had our daughter, when she was three weeks old, we actually signed her up. So she would have her college paid for. And just these things that I remember being like, yeah, I didn't have that conversation in school. And like, when you decide to become a parent, these are the things to think of. Like I had home economic classes. I took parenting classes because I have five godchildren and I want everybody to know that there was a lot of topics that were missed. Becoming a parent myself, there's a lot of things that were not not discussed. Not only like the uncomfortable topics about labor and delivery and what that can really be like, like let's talk about mesh panties people. But what I want you to understand is why is it not discussed? Is it to further push a narrative, to further push us into a corral of what is wanted from us as a society? So we can further pull into debt, so we can further struggle and, and hold on to those different things that mainstream media wants to teach us. Now, what about our laws? So I actually took a law class. I had a teacher that's like, well, if you wanted to learn laws, you should have taken law class. I actually did, I did, but we learned old laws. And when I asked questions about like how the laws are changing, how we can oppose them, ways to write into like uh, amendment or anything like that, I was kind of challenged and I was called troublesome and I was called out a lot. And here's the thing. I just wanted to genuinely learn. And so then that shame happened in school where we're supposed to learn. I was shamed for trying to ask questions to learn. So it's a whole fun spiral there, which then what does it do? It teaches us to conform. So when you find out your whole life is a lie in a sense of like those, then it goes into your belief systems. So here's where I'm going into this. We are shown images, graphics, um, we're shown all these different, you know, subliminal messaging through, uh, just think of all the commercials for beauty products to weight loss materials to what's new and cool and exciting to those smut mags to all those things. And it pushes a narrative that makes us feel inferior, makes us purchase more into the consumerism. And it only further feeds the narrative of the elite winning, really. I recommend that we all pause. And when I say pause, I mean pause hard and actually assess why you want those things. Do you even want those things? Because I realized that I was at one point purchasing to feel a high of a purchase, to feel fit in. Because I grew up poor. I didn't have name brand labels, nothing. And when I got my own job at age 12, that's what I would do. I would buy things with labels because I wanted to fit in, but I was still not happy and it didn't make me feel better. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So I want to talk to you about that. And I want you to understand when our whole life kind of is aligned, we start to see the mirrored image of the other end on why we're shown those things, what that really looks like. I want you to understand more. See, 
I've always felt something was off with a lot of different things, whether we look at, you know, what I've talked about, schooling, health, religion, laws, financials, beliefs, and all these different things. And I felt like we're being shown what, we're, what they want us to be shown. And when I say what they, I mean the elite, the 1%, the, the, some people will say deep states and people will say Cabell. I personally really just feel like it's just, you know, good versus evil in a sense and all of this. And I want you to hear it in a different way. When we decide to step out of that narrative and we decide to sit in our authenticity and listen to our soul self, you get the real guidance. I'm not telling you to purchase a reading from me. I'm not telling you to sign up for my coaching. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm telling you is everything I can do, you can do too. And like, I have spent years doing it, but the thing is, is I really, once I set the intention to do it, I could. And when I say that, I mean, I can connect to loved ones that have crossed over in mediumship. And I believe you already are. It's just not understanding the signs and symbols and the messaging of it and not understanding that it's not scary or dark or bad. Because remember, even in the Bible, it talks about God being a part of us, sitting in our heart center. Like there's, there's all these different messages that are set there where we are made in the likeness of Christ. But the, then here's the thing. If we were why is it wrong if we connect with that energy? Why, why do I have to listen to where I talk about it and read about it, but how come I can't do it in a self-study format? And again, you think about it and it's an organization. An organization is organized. They take their own cut and there's, there's a whole lot there. And they also get to dictate what you learn and they get to tell you what's right or not in that. And that's where I didn't love it. I love God. I'm not saying I don't. And if you don't believe with like what I'm saying, fine. If you have a different terminology for it, like Krishna, Kabbalah, Buddha, like I, I love it because the idea is for me, it's all the same. I just, I don't believe like one is better or whatever. I, it's all the same. And if we look at the commandments and the beliefs and, you know, the circles and the karmic cycle to even the seven spiritual laws, again, I believe it all ties in together. So why am I saying this, this little mini rant? It's because we were taught to divide. We were taught through all these different beliefs to divide, to, to isolate, to remove empathy from situations. Again, going back to the residential schools and going back to the things that we were taught, we weren't taught it in a way that we could then appreciate that culture and feel that empathy for the, the connection of their ancestors' struggles. And here's the worst part, guys. The last school closed in the 1990s, like whether it was 1998, 1997, or 19. 96. It's one of those. I found some conflicting things out there, but it was in the 1990s, the last residential school closed. And again, it was to assimilate the First Nations culture into our European beliefs. And I truly feel sick to my stomach thinking about that. So I want you to just sit with that one. And then the next part is understanding if they're trying to divide us, why? Why? And like, think about it. Is it not because we would outnumber them greatly and we'd be able to really take our power back? There's things that go into financing and there's things that go into, you know, being able to connect into ourselves, whether you're looking at a 3D to a 5D exchange and the great awakening that we're talking about. Um, here's the thing. A lot of people get stuck on that. And when they get stuck on that, they're missing the narrative. It's not a thing of like, I'm better than or I'm further advanced. It's that we help people along this journey. We help everybody collectively grow. Now, Christ consciousness, when I meditate, I believe that's when I sit in that space. And when I set that intention to just open myself up to it, that's when things get clear. That's when my physical pain and tension and stress goes away. That's when I'm able to see things in a non-egoic state. 
So my ego gets removed. And that's when you're soul led. So if you're in your ego, if you're in fear and scarcity, if you're in minimalism, if you're in all those different things, you're really not serving anyone. You're, you're kind of scattered at that point. And again, remember, like if we look at fight or flight, that our body is creating an autom- uh, automatic response where we're in high adrenaline states and we're not thinking clearly and it's just that, that consistent stress. That's a lot of us currently from everything that's being pushed on us, the narratives, the fear, the mongering to, you know, keeping, you know, debt ratios and stuff like, like all of this is just to kind of keep people down. But if we actually were to understand the greater scale, if we were to eliminate the things that don't serve us on a higher level, an, an energetic frequency that's going to serve us for a greater point you know like think of the power that you could have back think of the opportunities think of the things that you could do you could humanitarian work the amount of things that we could contribute back to everybody like it's amazing so when we start to understand that we're taught to do this for this belief and this is why and and we need to you know continue to climb that ladder or get that pay grade or whatever are you doing it for you or are you doing it because that's what you believe will make you successful, make you happy or give you the life that you think you want? Really ask yourself and don't put limiting beliefs on just money. Like I'm not, I'm not asking you to drop your limit on like what you feel abundantly you're worth. I'm not saying that abundance is energy and frequency. So honestly, we all deserve high positive energy and frequency. But the thing is, is you have to actually align yourself in that state in order to attract it, in my opinion. Now, what I want us to learn is that there's been things that have been taken from us throughout this COVID experience. And a lot of it goes to our freedoms and our charter of rights. And so I want you to understand our sovereign rights is something that we hold. We still are able to grab onto that. And so where do we go from here? Let's learn about our common law. Let's get curious again. Let's defund our old beliefs within a moral compass and code of what we actually want to do now. Like, let's remove the negative narratives, the division that's been pushed upon us and actually see each other on a soul level. And I'm inviting you to join me in that. And so there's a change that's coming within my energy. And the reason it's coming is because I am passionate, I'm pissed off, and I'm trying so hard to do things without getting censored. My accounts, I've had a lot of things censored. I've had a couple warnings and things are getting deleted on my stuff. And here's the thing, that in, that infringes on our freedom of speech. That is so toxic, but thankfully, luckily, I listened to my intuition and started a podcast in the beginning of COVID. So here we are, share away and message me any questions you might have. And if I have answers, I'll happily help you. And if you have questions and maybe no ways to help support each other, I would love to collaborate. My ideas here are not just mine. I believe that together as a society and a community and humanity, we will rise, but we have to get past our ego. So thinking past limiting beliefs and mainstream media, religious beliefs that have maybe been tainted, if you can understand what I'm saying here, if we go back even to residential schools and how the Catholic religion did it, and if you actually really want to research it, go on DuckDuckGo. Don't go on Google. Google's been censoring so much. And type in residential schools and type in Catholic abuse and just see what comes up. Because I am sick and tired of people being like, "Mm, I didn't see it on the news, so it's not real. That is all a narrative, a narrative to a bias, a bias that's usually being funded from somewhere. And you got to ask where schools, there's a bias, there's a bias. Oh my goodness. Like even teaching feminism is creating a bias and teaching, you know, like looking at all the different things that tie into uh, uh, 
procreation and, and like all these different things that are coming out there. I want people to understand that if you are a person that's aligned in your heart center and you are living a kind life or you're making, you know, a positive change in the world, I am grateful and blessed to be a part of your life and have you a part of mine. And then for the people who want to consistently push negative narratives, that's, that's unfortunate. And I really do wish you healing. And I pray for you because like my biggest message for everything that I try and put out there is an opportunity for us to collectively come together. I do not believe that I'm better than anybody else. And I believe nobody is better than me in a sense either, where we are just united as a whole. And what I'm asking for is for you to just see the beauty in you and stop listening to a narrative and then tap into your soul self. And so family narratives too. I mean, I was always the black sheep. I was always an outsider in a lot of different ways. And the unfortunate thing is, is it pushed relationships apart. And I, I'm grateful for it because it allowed me to understand that I didn't need anything, but I still miss and love and wish everybody all the best. But the biggest thing is, I believe people will see when they're ready to see people will understand when they're ready to understand. Like I've been questioning things forever, like even going into, you know, vaccinations to not like not vaccinating and like all these different things. And there's a division and the division is the problem. Like if you choose to do something for yourself, I'm going to honor you on that, but I do not believe you have the right to take away my freedoms and force things. And that's where I'm getting very verbal now. And it's also not just for me, it's for you. Because here's the thing. I've been watching a lot of London Real videos and I find it interesting, but I, I really love, he has this narrative and he says, you might not agree with me, but I will fight to the death to protect your freedom of speech. And I think that that's so empowering because a lot of times people will cancel culture and just turn things off. And so if you're still listening, I want to say a special thank you to you. And I'm grateful for you. And I want you to help to understand that you in turn are helping to remove the division, the division amongst humanity and that we can connect back to our soul self and others by doing this together and collectively. So please know that this, this is a heavier podcast, but the idea is we're going to move past our limiting beliefs and we're going to work together. And there's a group of people everywhere in every community and amongst the world that are coming out and standing up for their rights. And I want you to be able to do that for yourself. I want you to be able to see the opportunity in it to continuously grow. And like, that's the thing we were taught narratives. Now it's time for us to get curious and do our own research, get curious, go out there, use DuckDuckGo. Again, remember there's censorship even on Google and on YouTube and things like that as well. A lot of things are being censored on social media. Twitter accounts are being deleted. Facebook groups that I've been a part of. Um, I was a part of this like hundred and some thousand people group called save the children. It got deleted because it was against community guidelines. Do you know what it was? It was to save the children. We were looking for ways to support children that were stuck in trafficking and in all these things that are going on. Now, when I see that, it just makes you get more curious, guys. And when I say that, I mean, start to do your own digging, find your own questions. Don't believe anything I said, actually. Find out for yourself. And if you have questions, I'm here for you. I send you love and I wish you all the best. Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on, because if I don't know it, I'm very 
very honest and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again and have a great day.